Good morning. In Jesus' day, Jews, as a rule, didn't have business dealings with those who were not Jews. Everywhere they walked on those dusty roads, the dust would accumulate on their shoes and on their feet. When circumstances required it and they would go and have business dealings with the Gentiles, when they left there, they would shake the dust off of their feet as a symbol of their separation and their rejection of all things Gentile. With that background, Luke chapter 9, 1 through 6, tells us that Jesus gathered his 12 disciples together and he gave them power and authority over all demons and the ability to heal the sick. And then he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal people. So he also told them, don't take anything with you for your journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, and no extra coat. Whatever house you enter into, stay there until you leave that city. And whoever does not receive you, when you leave that city, shake the dust off of your feet as a testimony against them. The disciples departed, and they went from village to village, preaching the gospel and healing people everywhere. All right. Hey, it has been so much fun having you guys come up on the stage this summer. Have you guys enjoyed coming up on the stage and having your own minute of sermon? I have too. Can I tell you guys a secret? Um, there have been some big people this summer who have said to me, gosh, we wish we could come up and sit on the stage with the kids. See, they're laughing. That means they wanted to, too. So you know what? This morning, I thought it would be fun if we picked on a couple of the bigger teens to come up and sit on the stage with us and help us. Does that sound good? All right. Does anybody spy one that you think would be good to? Oh, you, which one do you want us to pick? I don't know who you're pointing to. Okay, Judd. Is that Judd you're pointing to? All right, come on. Who is it? Okay. Oh, okay, come on, come on. Let's see, and who else do we need? I want Kelsey. Kelsey, come on up here. <laughs> wait, 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 don't go up there. You're not going to hide. You're going to come right down here. <laughs> sit right there for me. That's good. And Kelsey, you can sit right over here for me. Okay, that's perfect. Now, you guys, in that, in that story that Mr. Dave just told us this morning, um, Jesus was sending out the 12 disciples who you know were his good friends who had been spending a ton of time with him, and he gave them some jobs to do when he sent them out among the people. Did anybody catch what those jobs were that they were supposed to do? What were they supposed to do, Max? You're right, they weren't supposed to bring anything with them when they went, but what were they going to do? Did anybody catch that part? They were supposed to go and tell the people all about God and Jesus, and they were supposed to heal people and cast down demons. So he gave them a job. He told them what he wanted to do. He wanted them to tell people about God, but he also wanted them to show some stuff about God. Now, I have a little, um, a little test we're going to do this morning. Let's see. I got Kelsey on this side. Now, what's your name? Drew. Drew. Say it again. Duro. I'm sorry, I'm not hearing it right. Duro. Okay, I got Kelsey and I got Duro. Thank you. And let's see, I'm going to have Anaya. Would you join Kelsey in this challenge? And who wants to, okay, your hand went up really quick. Come on up here. Can you come up here by him? And you guys are going to be on this side of the challenge. Now, look, here's the deal. I'm going to put up a barrier here. And that side stand by you, Max. Okay, now, do you guys all like to fold paper airplanes and stuff? Yeah, oh, I know. Everybody does, right? So I'm going to give you guys each a piece of paper. I'm going to give you guys a piece of paper. There's one for you. There's one for you. Okay, cool. Hey, if the rest of you guys want paper, you can have paper, too. Go ahead. Just pass it around. But see, here's the deal. 
I am going to tell you how to do the folding today, but I'm only going to show these guys what to do today. So you guys are going to follow my directions, what I tell you to do, but you're not going to get to see what I'm doing, okay? All right, so here we go. So can one of you guys, would one of you guys hold the microphone for me so that I can talk? so they can hear me. Okay, so everybody have your piece of paper. We're going to hold it vertically. That means up and down. Now take the bottom left corner of your paper and fold it up until the bottom edge of your paper meets the right edge of your paper. And give it a good crease. Everybody's good? Okay, now take the bottom right point of your paper, the bottom right point, and fold it up until it meets the left side of your fold. And crease it. Now, take the triangle that's at the bottom and fold it up until it goes over the part that has not been folded yet. You're doing good. Yep. <laughs> Good job. Now, take your paper and flip it over sideways. Now take your whole thing and fold it in half, side to side. And crease it down the middle. <laughs> I think they're doing great over there. <laughs> now, pick up your folded paper and imagine a line about one inch from the center of your fold and you're going to rip your paper the whole way down. One inch from the center fold. Thank you. How'd we do? Do we have some fantastic things? Okay, cool. All right, so would you guys stand up who have the papers, that I, that I, the colored papers? Do you guys stand up right here? Let's show them what we got. Okay, now, would you unfold your papers and let's, let's see how well we did? Yep, go ahead and unfold your papers. Oh, <laughs> oh, how'd we do over here? Oh, it was close, it was close. All right, tell me a little bit, were any of you guys watching these guys fold? They were watching them fold. What was the problem over here? They couldn't see. Does it make a difference when you hear something and you see it at the same time? Yeah, and I think that Jesus knew that. He knew that if we were going to use the tools that he gave us to go out and bring God to people, that they needed to hear our words, but they also needed to see Jesus through us. They needed to see the disciples doing things like healing. They needed to see you guys doing things like showing kindness and um, reaching out to new kids at school, things like that. <laughs> We don't ever want to be on that wrong side or put people on the side where they can't see us do things. So what I want to challenge you guys to do in this new year at school is to be telling people all about Jesus, but don't just tell them and not show them. Don't make them be on the other side of the board where they can't see Jesus. Let them see Jesus through you, and let's hope that they turn out with the same thing that you have, which is Jesus in their heart. All right? Thank you, guys. Good, good efforts today. All right.
Wonderful job, everybody. Great job. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been great to have this format for the summer. Um, thank you, Cindy, for making the story practical. Thank you, Dave, for giving it to us today, uh, telling it to us today. Um, it's just been a lot of fun this summer, and uh, we enjoy having all the kids in here. Uh, it's just a, a really neat time to have multiple generations together in worship, and that's something that we can actually continue to have all of the time. Um, so we just want to encourage everybody uh, next week as we go back to the, to the two hours of worship and classes that you would be involved in both of those. You know, come for one hour to worship and come for the other hour to either study or to be in a, a service role. Because when you do that, everyone is more blessed by it. So we just really, really encourage everyone, please, don't make Sunday morning a one-hour experience. You're missing a lot, and you're also robbing other people. So be here both hours, if at all possible, each week. I want to give you a quick roadmap of where we're headed for the rest of 2015. I know it's good for us to know where things are, especially those of you that are planners. You know, it's like, tell me where we're doing, and so that's great. So I'm going to start at the end of the year and work our way back to today. Um, so we're going to, coincidentally, at the end of this year, we decided it would be kind of cool to talk about Christmas so uh, we're going to do that. We're going to have a five-week series on Christmas, though, a little longer than we've done uh, recently. And that'll start the Sunday right after Thanksgiving. So we'll do a five-week series on Advent and Christmas. And I hope that the, the birth of Jesus um, is fresh and deep for us once again this year. So then uh, starting next Sunday, we're going to launch a series that's called Greater Than. And that series will go all the way through the Sunday before Thanksgiving. And Jesus is greater than our distractions and our fears. He's greater than our prejudices. We're going to see that Jesus is really greater. And it's just going to be a continuation of walking through the book of Luke. Very, very important. As we're talking more about discipleship as a congregation, the best way to be a disciple is to follow the master. And so we're focusing on the life and the teachings of Jesus. And making that practical for our lives today because that is how we become better disciples. Now, some of our life groups are going to join in with the Luke series. Um, they'll be just talking about the text that we talk about on Sunday mornings. Other life groups are going, going to be doing other studies. All of those are really good. And so we just encourage you to, to once again think about the idea that it's not just a Sunday morning. You maybe do a, a life group on a Sunday morning. But if you don't have a life group experience on a Sunday morning, that sometime through the week, you would say, yes, I want to be in a group where I have an opportunity to grow and to share and to be challenged and to challenge other people. Uh, we believe those are really, really vital for us. And so life groups are really important. If you want to find out more about life groups or small groups, then you can uh, go out today in the lobby. There's more information there. You can go to our website. Um, you can go to the part on life groups, and you can sign up right there. Um, they'll get your information and send you information back as to the group that makes the most sense for your time that you're asking for and your particular circumstances. You can also talk to either Jenna Smith or you can now talk to Jim Breckbuehler, okay? For those of you that don't know who Jim is, some of you don't know who Jim Breckbuehler is because you're new this, uh, you've just come in this summer. Jim Breckbuehler is our life groups um, and family life minister, and he comes back on staff 
on Tuesday. So don't call him today or tomorrow. But you can call him on Tuesday, um, and Jim will be back in. And speaking of Jim, next week uh, he is going to come and share with us what he has gained from his time of being on sabbatical. And uh, it's going to be great for him to bring application not only to his life and to come back renewed and refreshed, but for him to be able to tell us what God has spoken to him about and how some of the things that Jim has learned would apply to us. So that's kind of where we're headed. So next week, Jim, then we launch into Greater Than, and then we end up the year with a series on Christmas. So hope everybody is excited about all of that. Now go ahead and jump into uh, Luke chapter 9, the, the passage that Dave brought to us. Thank you, Dave, for doing that. We're going to do verses 1 through 6 today as we continue in our series, actually as we finish our series built on Jesus. Um, as you're looking that up, I just want to show you something here. Um, I really, backing up just a second, um, when I was in like elementary school, I liked the day when it was show and tell. Now, I personally did not like standing in front of people. I really do not like it's not my favorite thing in the world to stand in front of people and talk. Some of you are like, yeah, me too. <laughs> um, but it was always fun for me to see what other people brought and, and for them to share their stories. And I was thinking, you know, that would be cool for us to do more as adults. Maybe in our life group sometime we're just going to have show and tell night. Like everybody brings one thing that, like, about their spiritual life, like a show and tell night. That would be kind of fun. Anyway, um, I'm doing show and tell, so um, since I'm saying we should do it more, I'll go ahead and start us off. So, this is a hat. You probably figured that part out. Uh, it's from the uh, island of St. Vincent. And uh, my very first mission trip, that was a real mission trip, um, was in the mid-90s with uh, a total of 10 people from our church. We had six teenagers and four adults, and we went to the island of St. Vincent. And um, I like to have mementos of, of my mission trips and things, so it's good to have these. This is actually from a later St. Vincent trip, but... It's cool to have mementos uh, to just remind you and pray and things like that. But anyway, we were in St. Vincent, and what was unique about that particular trip was the, uh, the, the day we landed, we knew two people on the island, the, the couple, Bob and Jackie Muter, the missionaries. And when we landed, they took us to their house, made sure we had everything in order, and they, they gave us two important announcements. First, they had to leave the next morning because... There was a funeral in the family, and they had to come back to the States. We were like, okay. <laughs> First mission trip, right? Then they said, second thing is this. Um, right now, there's this thing called a hurricane. It's coming straight for the island. So have fun. So uh, <laughs> we were like, okay. But uh, okay, number two. But what was really cool about that trip was, um, like all trips, when you say yes to God, when you step out in faith, God shows up, and we really had an opportunity to, to simply rely on God and to not think so much about ourselves, and we had an opportunity to share the message of Jesus both through uh, telling and showing, and so it was a really neat opportunity, and it kind of got our church started on the idea of uh, short-term mission trips and being more involved in, in missions in general, and so it was a great, great trip. Um, so anyway... The idea today is that Jesus is going to send his disciples out on a short-term mission trip. It's going to be their first one. And this is like the beta version of mission trips, okay? It's like the very first one that Jesus sends anybody out on. And uh, then you might be thinking, well, okay, that's, that's nice. But is it, is it possible that 
you know, on this beta trip that was 2,000 years ago in a totally different culture, that there might be some application to our lives. You know, is that possible? Well, obviously, Cindy already showed us that it is. But let's look at some principles from what Jesus told these guys and see if maybe that can apply to us. And we'll just talk about the principles, and you can decide for yourself if they're applicable or not. So we're going to look at um, the first six verses, and the first five, five verses are all about preparing. It's about preparation, and uh, that's where we're going to start. So we'll jump right in here. Uh, verse, verses 1 through 5 are about preparation, and then verses, verse 6 is about the practice. So preparation. Now, before we get into it, into it, we need to realize a couple of things. First of all, these instructions from Jesus are not detailed directions for how you are supposed to do ministry and mission work in every culture and in every circumstance. For example, Jesus says, don't take a staff, bread, money, a bag, or extra clothes, right? So that means every time we go out on a mission trip, we shouldn't take any of those kinds of things, right? Well, it's interesting, in Luke 22, verse 36, Jesus is sending people out again, and listen to what he says. He says, take a purse or a wallet, a bag, and a sword. Okay, so the two things were specific to the particular mission that Jesus said, I want you to go out and do these things. All right, so we have to be really careful when we read Scripture, and this is not just about this all the time. When we read Scripture, we have to be very careful about keeping things in the context in which they are written. You can't just take something that was written for a specific instance and say this applies all of the time. There are some things that are that way and some things that aren't. That's why we really have to study the Word of God and understand what's coming. So with that in mind, then we want to make sure, still it seems like there are some general principles that Jesus gives us here that make a lot of sense as we go out on mission with him. And so that's what we're going to talk about. So let's briefly unpack this a little bit more. So starting in verse 1. When Jesus had called the 12 together, all right, there's a comma there. We're going to pause for just a second. There's a principle here that's important. Jesus calls the 12 together. Did you notice that? A specific group of people for a specific task or ministry or purpose or mission. Now, we can think about that in our lives and think, okay, here are some times Jesus might call people together, like for projects, like for Help Build Hope. That was a group of people who called and responded to God, and we did a specific task right? Or for VBS or Upward or some kind of event or some kind of ministry thing that's happening seasonally or whatever it happens to be. God can call people together, and those are some obvious examples. But I want us to think about this as well. It's very likely that Jesus has called each person in this room to be a part of his mission for the community through this church. He has called us together to be on mission with him. It's no less important than the call that he gave these disciples. Jesus calls us. And when we gather here on a Sunday morning, what this is is not the mission. This is a celebration of what God has done this past week, and it's a refueling for us to go out and do the mission again. It's a time to worship and celebrate God and to be recharged to go out to do the mission. Okay? So that's the first thing. Jesus is calling people to do specific things, and he has called us. If, I want to be really, I mean, this is not in my notes. I'm sorry I do this stuff all the time. They're like, don't go off script. Going off script. If you really believe that Jesus has called you to be a part of this congregation, 
to go out and to love God and love people and impact the world, would you just stand up for a second? Would you do that? And if you don't believe that, don't stand up. But if you do, would you please stand up? Um, let's pray. God, thank you. <laughs> you sent out 12 more than once, and um, you did amazing things. We're way more than 12 people. And you're the same God. So just help us, Lord. Um, just help us to be the people you've called us to be. The people who, who take the great message of Jesus with hope to a world that seems so hopeless, to bring healing to a place that's so broken. God, do that in our own hearts too. We pour ourselves out before you right now. Thank you for this place. Thank you for your people, not only here in this building, but your people throughout this community, your people throughout this nation, throughout this world, your body. God, may we Remember that you have called us to send us out. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. You have a seat. All right, so con continuing on. That was really cool, by the way. I'm just, we could probably just stop now. Continuing on um, through the idea of preparation as Jesus is preparing them to go out. And as we continue on in the last half of verse 1 and verse 2, it says, He gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and cure diseases, and he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. This is the fourth time that Luke has mentioned that Jesus has power and authority in his gospel. And in nine chapters, he's already said it four times. Jesus has power and authority. Don't overlook that. Jesus is greater than anything. Again, we're going to talk about that starting next week. And it's really important for us to remember it because if Jesus has power and authority, that means he can also give it to anyone that he wants to at any time. And that's what he does right here. That's what he does later. That's what he's done with us. Now, I don't know that that means that you're going to go out this week and cast out demons and heal the sick. But let me tell you, if God has empowered you to heal the sick people, would you do Everyone, a really big favor, and don't take that to television. Would you take that to Children's Hospital or to the James or to Dublin Methodist and just walk around and heal people and give the glory to God? I mean, if you have that gift, I'm being serious. Would you do that? I mean, he might do that. I've not met that person yet who has that gift. But if you have it, go. But there's no question, none at all, that God has said to each of us, you have the authority that I am giving you to go out and do two things, the things that Cindy talked about. I want you to tell people about me. I want you to show people who I am. And we're going to talk about this more in just a minute. That's the main principle Jesus is saying. All right? So for now, let's go on to verse 3. We're going to come back to this just briefly in a minute. So verse 3, he says, uh, he told them, take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra tunic. Again, the principle is important. 
It's not the objects. The principle is this. As you travel through this life when you're on mission with God, would you travel lightly and depend on God, not the stuff that you think is important? That's the principle here. Trust the preparation that comes from Jesus. These people are being sent out because they spent time with Jesus. So if you want to go out in the name of Jesus, you have to spend personal time with Jesus first. Absolutely an absolute necessity to do that. Second, remember this. Stuff is distracting. The more we have, the more we have to tend it. So don't rely so much on the things and, and trust the master that gives you the tools more than the tools themselves. Right? I mean, a great one is money. Still on our, our bills and our coins it says, in God we trust. But I bet a lot of us honestly would trust a little bit more in that bill or that coin than we do in God, if we're really honest. Trust the one who gives you the tools rather than the tools themselves. Follow the Holy Spirit. Depend on him as God sends you out to help people and to teach people. All right, moving on to verse 4. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, well, that's where we're going to stop, sorry. Just stay there until you leave that town. Okay, this was a cultural directive that they understood differently than we do. The people there were much more uh, obliging. In fact, if you were a stranger, that meant you had special care. So you can't make a one-to-one comparison, you know, go to somebody's house and stay there. First of all, most of us have houses, but as we go out, um, this was the way that they did things culturally. But the main principle is this. Would you get with a group of people, and would you stay with that group of people? Right? You get with a group of people, and then you stay with them. You don't shift around to the next group. You don't shift around to the next body. You stay with the people who have opened their lives to you, and you grow together. Through all of the difficulties and wonderful things that happen when when you're in that context. Because that's what Jesus did. It's exactly how he did ministry. So when a door opens for you to be with people, be with people and stay there. And and it might mean, too, in our culture, we sort of have to be the ones who initiate that. I mean, they were the ones who went to the people's houses. So you're not going to do it exactly the same way, but you know you have the opportunity and the responsibility to go and to build bridges and to build relationships so that you have the opportunity then to grow together in Jesus. All right, moving on to verse 5. If people do not welcome you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave their town as a testimony against them. Again, the principle is this. Some people will welcome, welcome you, and some people will reject you. They just will. So remember, the rejection is not of you personally. It's of God. And your responsibility is to go in love and compassion and grace and holiness and truth and share Jesus. And if they're not open to it, your responsibility is to leave them alone. If, if someone is resistant to the gospel to the place that you're really annoying them, it's not helpful for you to keep annoying them. Now, that doesn't mean you give up on people. It means that you let them Stay where they are 
And you might come back to them later. Or maybe you pray for God to send someone else who will help them to be more responsive. Your responsibility is to do what you've been told to do. Their responsibility is to respond. And if they reject God's message, that's on them. It's a hard message for us, but it's a true message. And God gives us permission to then go to find someone who does want to hear. Okay? So, again, don't give up. But remember, there are other people who want to hear, and we need to go to them. And that happens locally, that happens nationally, that happens internationally. There are a lot of implications of that. All right, moving on, all right? So that's the five verses that Jesus gives on this specific mission trip to his disciples, all right? So these are important concepts for us. And now it's game time. I mean, I'm speaking of game time. I'm, you know, kind of excited about tomorrow night, right? I mean, preseason's over. It's game time. You know, you've been working for the, the recital, and, you know, the, the concert's coming up, and everybody's been practicing and practicing practicing. Now it's night. It's game time. All right? The play is getting ready to start. Everybody is ready. Whatever the thing is, you know, you've prepared and prepared and prepared, and now it's game time. It's time to put it into practice. So that's what we're going to do. Um, But before we read verse 6, let's circle back to verse 2. This is what Jesus told them to do. He sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. Okay? So, that's what Jesus said I want you to do. Now, let's see how they did. This is kind of the report in verse 6. Let's read how they did. Verse 6. So they set out and went from village to village, preaching the gospel and healing people everywhere. All right? Sounds like they did pretty well. They did those two things. The very two things Jesus said that he wanted them to do, to preach and to heal. Now, to be honest, those words make 90% of us really uncomfortable. (laughs) We either don't really feel like we want to preach, and we don't feel like we have that gift of healing, so we're pretty uncomfortable with it. Well, here's, here's an idea. What if we substitute two other words that get the same exact heart of what Jesus is saying that they're supposed to do. Instead of heal, let's use the word show. And instead of preach, let's use the word tell. Show and tell. That's what Jesus is saying. Show and tell. That's the heart of being on mission with Jesus. This is something all of us can do. Show and tell. God uses us to take the life-changing message of Jesus to others. God has something specific in mind for you. There are people around you who you are uniquely positioned to share the gospel with. You are uniquely gifted to share the gospel by showing and telling Jesus in some way. So what does that mean for us today? And we're almost done. Well, let's start with the word show. Show is about transforming acts of service. This is primarily taking care of physical needs. See, God designed our bodies to, to have physical needs that are very obvious. We hunger and, and we need shelter and we need clothing. So we need to help people physically. So Who do you know who has some physical needs? 
is there any way that you could help them? If so, then do it. Today, this week, show them. The second word is tell. Tell is about the transforming message of Jesus. This is primarily taking care of spiritual needs. Because just as God designed our bodies to have certain needs, God designed our spirits to have certain needs. We, we, we need nourishment spiritually and protection, and we need to be connected. So we need to help people spiritually. Do you know anyone that could use some help spiritually? And is there any way that you might be able to help them? Well, if so, then help them. Tell them about Jesus today, this week. Show and tell are two vital elements of being on mission with Jesus. Commentator Daryl Bach says this about this text in Luke. The two fundamental passages, or excuse me, the two fundamental prongs of ministry evident in this passage cross the temporal boundaries between our era and that of the text. So how to make practical application. Preaching God's word and performing deeds of compassionate service complement each other. To teach that God loves sinners means evidencing that compassion in the ability to meet human needs. Show and tell. The heart of God, the practice of God, is to both show and tell. Now here are two, just two scriptures that remind us that both of these are essential. First is from James chapter 2. In James chapter 2, verses 15 and 16, it says this. Suppose a brother or sister is without clues, clothes, or clothes. Suppose a brother or sister is, is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? Words alone do not address physical needs. You have to show and tell. John 6, 35. Ooh, still here. Sorry. John 6, 35. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Deeds alone do not address all the spiritual needs that people have. You have to show and tell. Jesus is the bread of life. It's a spiritual need. You have to tell people about Jesus as well. Let's not rob people of half of the care that God gives us. Let's not be unfair to the people around us. Let's both show and tell who Jesus is. God knows the importance of both. God tells us that he loves us. God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He shows his love by caring for us and sending Jesus to die for us, showing and telling us both are important. So 
we need to show and tell. When Jesus calls us to be on mission, our responsibility is to show and tell people what he's done in our lives. And remember, that sounds like a hard thing, a daunting task. But remember, when he calls people together and he sends them out, he gives them power and authority to do what he's called them to do. Every time. We sang these words earlier. Nothing shall be impossible. Your kingdom is unstoppable. We'll shout your praise forevermore. Jesus, our God, unstoppable. Unstoppable God, let your glory go on and on. Impossible things in your name, they shall be done. Show and tell. Please pray with me. God, all of us in this room need you. Thank you for showing and telling us about your great love and compassion. Lord, we do believe, we trust that you have called us and you're sending us to share that love and that compassion with the people who are around us every day. Help us to show and tell them about the great life that's available in Jesus. And we ask in his authority and power and name. Amen. We're getting ready to sing a song, and there may be somebody here who has never placed their faith in Jesus fully, and and you've never said, Lord, I need you. I need you to, to be the one who cleanses me, who heals me. I need you to be the one who takes away my sin. And so today you can show and tell that you believe he can do that. You can come forward and you can confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, that you need him to cleanse you. You can show that by turning and walking a different path. We call that repentance. You can be baptized and be connected with the body and the blood of Jesus that we just celebrated in his death, burial, and resurrection. So you can show and tell in a really powerful way today if you've never done that. But all of us need God. Whether we've made him Lord or not, we need him every single day. We need him to empower us, to help us, to show and tell people about him. So this is our chance to respond to God, whether we come up front or not. And maybe no one will come up front. This is about you and God and where you are and what he's doing in your life. This is your opportunity to respond and say, Lord, I need you. Would you help me to go show and tell who you are? Let's stand.